You found it. No nonsense. No scripts. Real people on real issues. Hard hitting and action packed with logic, reason, and common sense. Everything you need and everything you've been looking for in a podcast. This is Dynamic Independence with Johnny Anderson, Bruce Adams, Marty Foster, and GP. Welcome to it. You know, I usually never say this, but thank God it's the last day of the week. Maybe we can get a, you know, a weekend break, possibly, because this stuff just keeps getting more crazy. To start with, uh, and this just happened, this has been rolling in over the last few hours, truck bomb went off, it looks like, at the airport in Kabul. It was first reported that there were four Marines killed, and then it was dozens injured, blah, blah, blah. And then it became, uh, well, it looks like it was six killed. No, now it's ten. And then it was 10 civilians that were killed. You keep getting conflicting reports. And I'm looking at actual footage from on the ground over there. Stuff you're not going to see on the mainstream media. Bruce and I just sat here and looked at it. Does that look like 10 civilians or, or 20 civilians or hell, even 30 civilians were killed in that blast? That was when it was still daylight. Obviously, the sun is set over there now. Yeah. So now it's dark. And a second one and a third one have just gone off. The third one just went off about 15 minutes ago. And now they're saying 10 U.S. Marines have been killed. There's a text that was sent to, again, uh, Jack Posobiec, former naval intelligence officer, deep network with inside uh, not only the intelligence community, but also with a lot of active duty personnel. And he put this up on his Telegram page. So I'm not saying anything that's not you know already said by him. He says, text from an active duty 06, which is that's the pay scale that they use in the military. Text from an active duty 06. The commander in chief has failed us and we are paying for it with our lives. This is not the time to sit here and play the blame game. That's easy enough for people that really don't have a whole lot to uh, to argue when it comes to a point uh, about politics. They, they just sit there and they the fingers are out and they're pointing them in all different directions except inward. As much as I despise part of what we're dealing with at this current time, as much as I despise, and I lay that at the feet of Donald Trump, and I'm talking about the vaccine stuff, I lay that at his feet. That, that's on him. That is in his court, 110%. You wouldn't have this mess if it wasn't for that ridiculous whatever he did, Operation Warp Speed or whatever. As I said, when he was giving his speech at that rally in Alabama a couple of nights ago, 50,000 people there, as soon as he mentioned the vaccine and how great it was, 49,500 people were booing him. You can't lay the blame for this mess in Afghanistan on Trump. You can't do it. As I said, there's plenty to blame on him if you want to point fingers, but not this. You can't lay this one on him. The administration has tucked tail and ran. They are nowhere to be found. Biden comes out and gives some stupid speech that means absolutely nothing. He says nothing. He gets hand-me-down questions from hand-picked people. The actual questions that are to be asked by a diverse set of media are not allowed. It's not allowed. I was listening to Newsmax the other night, and they said, we've tried to get in and get questions with him at these whatever this is when he goes up and he stands at a podium or something. They, they wheel him out. He gives a speech, and then he turns around and he walks away. He says, we can't get near this guy. We can't ask any questions. You only get questions from handpicked people, and they're scripted questions. One of them asks something that was... Maybe he didn't get it in the right order or something. I, I saw one of the uh, speeches he gave yesterday, and he said, oh, I thought the question was going to be, 
and then he he went off on it and I, it's like dude you're you're not supposed to know what the questions are you're supposed to be able to answer everything that they ask and then of course as he's walking he takes one question and then he walks out and of course they all start screaming and shouting and hollering at him you know and everything like he's this big popular guy right this has got you to don't be believe go ahead you you don't believe he's the most uh, voted for the most liked president in American history. So, like, no. you don't believe that he he has those throngs of people out there? Mm-mm. In all seriousness, if you were to pull that camera back, if you were to zoom that shot out, I'll bet you've only got maybe four or five people sitting there. That's my guess. We've got 10 of our own that are now down because of this. Correction. <laughs> this just came in five minutes ago. Number of U.S. servicemen killed in Afghanistan rises to 12. So two more. 12 U.S. service members were killed in action in the suicide attack, officials tell Fox News. Uh, So that's coming out of Fox right at the moment. The Germans pulled out this morning, and I have to think that they're doing this on purpose to make this worse than what it actually is. The Germans pulled out this morning. They got all their people out. They got all their soldiers out. Their Air Force left this morning. Their defense minister came out about an hour ago and said that today's attacks in Kabul indicated that the continuation of the evacuation operation is impossible. It's impossible. Well, it's easy enough for you to say you got all your people out, supposedly. I mean, how many people did you actually leave on the ground over there? Or do we even know? Is it impossible? Is the administration and the State Department, are they now going to strand all those people? I mean, of course, we know that they are, you know, in the process of probably trying to do that and create another crisis. I believe, and I heard this I heard this theory this morning, and let's 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 get into this discussion. I believe that this is a, a step that they could take. Do you remember the debacle under Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton when she was Secretary of State? And of course, they had John Kerry in there as well. Do you, do you remember that debacle right there of ISIS, Libya? You know, uh, we came, we saw, he died, all that stuff. Right? They got rid of Gaddafi. Uh, they overthrew mm-hmm. like thirteen countries. They also oversaw the cold-blooded murder of what happened. At our embassy, several people have said at that point that that was nothing more than a weapons transfer to ISIS and Al Qaeda, which would make perfect sense because at the time you had guys the likes of Senator John McCain running around saying, "Oh yeah, we gotta we gotta fund all these people and we've gotta uh, make deals with them and we've gotta arm this group and we've gotta arm that group." That, that's what he was doing. That's what he was doing. We've gotta get rid of Assad. You know, Assad's still there. Oh, they'd like to get rid of him because Assad's not for the Great Reset, is he? No. All these other guys that they knocked off in the Middle East. They weren't for the Great Reset, were they? No. So you could call what they did, well, what did, what did Obama call it at the time? He called it a kinetic action, didn't he? I believe that's what he said. When you went in to overthrow a country, a sovereign nation, you and the French and the Italians, the UK, you went in there to overthrow a sovereign nation. And then Hillary goes on TV and she says, we came, we saw he died. And she's laughing about it. You laughed about executing a head of state on international television, you sick individual. So the point now is, what does this administration do? Because clearly they don't know what to do. You got a bunch of second and third string Ivy Leaguers in there that don't know what the hell they're doing. That's the problem. I was asking Bruce before we started, I said, when is this garbage at 1600? When is this garbage going to get tossed out on the curb? And then I actually had to correct myself because that's an insult to garbage. The point I'm trying to make is they don't know what they're doing. Or even so, they appear to not know what they're doing, right? Kamala Harris certainly doesn't know what she's doing. She was asked on the tarmac the other day about Americans being possibly stranded in Afghanistan, and she does one of her stupid cackling laughs. No one wants this woman. She's a damn clown. She doesn't know anything. Do you want to know how, just just on this point, do you want to know how Kamala Harris actually came to be in public? She was courted around by Montel Williams. You know, the talk show guy? That's how it started. She was nobody. Could you imagine the situation? that we're in with Afghanistan. Could you imagine 
how much worse it would have been had we have already not scaled back some of our troops uh, thanks to Trump. I mean, we, we, we would have had thousands more troops there at this time. There would have been no way you would have pulled them out in time before the Taliban's uh, demands. But in, uh, I, that's the other thing I don't understand in this. Why are we capitulating with them? Like, we had an agreement that we'll, we'll pull out, but if you show your heads, we'll kill you. Like, I, so I don't, I don't understand why all of a sudden now we have to pay tribute to them and bow to their wishes. No, you should be flexing saying, look, you get in the way, you did. It should be that. We're going to get our people out. And if you so much as hint that you're going to interfere, we're going to flatten you. That's what should be said right now. That's what needs to be said. That's not what's happening. And you're not going to hear anything like that. But the conversation I heard this morning was something a little bit different, was something along these lines. And try this one on for size, because I can see this as a real possibility, given the uh, the degeneration and the spiraling and the tailspin that the political and the financial establishment are in. I can see them making this play. Obama and Hillary are possibly going to be called in to the administration because they've had so much experience dealing with Middle Eastern conflicts like this. They've had so much experience in dealing with this. Well, who better to come in and help deal with this situation than both of them, right? They work together, so why not? Okay, so Obama comes in in an advisory capacity, right? And then, well, of course, Joe at that point, you know, Joe, Joe just, he's losing it, right? He, he just doesn't know what's going on. He's in way over his head. And he just, he, he can't quite keep with it. So per the 25th Amendment, Joe's going to have to step down. And then, of course, by our line of secession, what do you have? You would have Kamala Harris, who would take over the, the cackling woman that acts like she's 13 years old. That's what you have taken over. Th this woman, she's standing in Vietnam yesterday. I saw the video of her this morning. She's standing in Vietnam with a stupid mask on her face outside around no one. She's supposed to be double vaccinated. These clowns. She's holding a bouquet of flowers in her hand and walks up and places them down about where John McCain was captured. Like it was some kind of a memorial service. Where do they get these people? It's like they're out of central casting somewhere. So obviously it's not going to be her, but she would have to tap somebody to be her vice. Well, seeing as how you're dealing with an, un, an unprecedented crisis in the Middle East and, you know, you're going to have to deal with these hostage situations that they're going to start taking. You're going to need somebody in there that's had some real expertise at the executive level, right? Well, who better, since they're there in an advisory capacity already anyway, who better than Hillary Clinton? Who better? Because old Joe screwed up the other day. Joe slipped up. Listen to what Joe said just a couple of days ago. My two daughters were born that you can do anything a man can do. It's one thing for somebody to say that and keep pounding that in the head of their five granddaughters as well. But guess what? Until they see it, until they watch, it becomes real then. That's why, by the way, she's it happens to be in Asia for me right now. But that's why we have a female vice president of the United States of America who's going to be we're going to have some presidents pretty soon. Who's going to be we're going to have some presidents pretty soon. Old Joe screwed up. There was a hot mic that I heard this morning. Remember a couple of months ago when Joe was making the speech and he said, I'll take questions if you want me to, Nance. Talking about Nancy Pelosi. The media cut that feed at that point. They didn't bother to play what came after that. And it got released this morning. And she says, uh, is my mic off? You know, talking through her stupid mask. And her, one of her aides said, yeah, it's off. And of course it wasn't. It was still on. It was a hot mic. And she says, no, we don't want him answering any questions. Now, I'm not one for conspiracy theories. As I said, we try to stay away from conspiracy theories here. If we want to talk about a conspiracy theory, what we want to do, because that's a great buzzword these days, what we want to do is we want to 
take conspiracy or conspiracy theory in this case, I guess, whatever it might be, rather that's, I don't know, pick one of these tinfoil hat things, whatever. So we'll pick one of these things. A lot of things circling around uh, about the Kennedy assassination, right? Well, that's a conspiracy theory. Everybody has their own little thing. Was it was it Oswald? Was it not Oswald? That kind of thing. Again, I'm not for conspiracy theories, but we do like to look at them and we do like to reverse them. We want to we want to pick them apart. We want to work them backwards rather than just fall into it. And anybody can do this. I want you to do this. I want you to Google. All right, if you use Google, I, I don't. But if you use Google, I want you to do this. I want you to look at pull up some pictures of President Kennedy. And I want you to have a look at some of the people that were standing next to him in a lot of those photos in the Oval Office at private dinners. I want you to ask yourself, is this really a conspiracy or is it a conspiracy theory? Because you're going to find I'll just I'll save you a lot of time. I'm not going to tell you who or maybe I already did. You're going to find that a lot of the people in those photos are a lot of the people that are in the government and running things now. And then you have to ask yourself, was Kennedy killed by Lee Harvey Oswald from that book depository building? I personally believe that John F. Kennedy was the last true president of the United States. Of course, you could argue Trump a little bit, I suppose. But when Kennedy was assassinated, everything changed. Before you had the assassination of Kennedy, you had largely a nation of principled people. We defeated at that time what we thought was the greatest evil the world had ever seen in that era. So 1950 all the way up to the 1960s. Well, by about 1968, the United States was pretty much finished. As in, we had our 20 years, a little over, well, right around 20 years. We had our 20 years, according to the way that economics and civilization works, we had our 20 years of our expansions. Ever since the Vietnam War, we've never actually recovered from that, have we? Morally and culturally, we've never recovered from the assassination of JFK, have we? So this is just another mess. This is another mess. And I say it's a dying political class there at the end. Everything you're seeing in Afghanistan is part of what this dying political elite is all about. They're destroying absolutely everything. When I said that the Nazis were in the final days, do you remember I compared what these politicians were doing last year to the, the final days of the Third Reich? They're destroying everything. Operation Nero, read about it. This is what they did. If the German people would no longer support the insanity of what the Nazis were doing in the final days, well, then they were going to make sure that they didn't get to keep what they had allowed them to build. So they destroyed everything. They destroyed all their infrastructure. Look at the look at the photos of Germany after they were defeated. This place was wrecked. And it wasn't just from Allied bombs being dropped. The Nazis were destroying a lot of their own infrastructure because they said the German people are not worthy of what we gave them. It's the same thing here. We're not worthy because we don't respect them. We're not worthy of the lives that they have given us. So they're destroying everything on their way down. They're destroying the financial system. They're condemning not only you, but your children, your grandchildren, and your great-grandchildren to a life of indentured servitude through debt. They're destroying your churches. They're destroying your education. They're destroying your food, everything. They're going to destroy your homes. They're going to destroy all of your assets. They're already destroying our homes with COVID and everything, the, the way they shut everything down and businesses are closing and all that. People can't afford to pay rent, their, uh, pay their mortgages. The um, moratorium is going to end uh, next month. We may see a lot of people losing, uh, losing their apartments, their houses. You know? Lo and behold, who is responsible for the bombing in Afghanistan? Oh, it's ISIS. Do you remember that group that, uh, uh, of course, they're, they're calling them now ISIS-K. Apparently, this is another 
uh, a rival group that, that see they don't get along with the Taliban apparently they they don't get along with the Taliban so so they've they've now carried that out of course so the Taliban's Islamic Emirate strongly condemn the bombing of civilians at the Kabul airport you see this Bruce there you see how see how much they care they strongly condemn the bombing of the civilians which took place in an area where U.S. forces are responsible for security that's according to spokesman uh, Zabihula Ma. Majuid, sorry, I I legitimately try to get that right, but uh, you see, Bruce, it wasn't the responsibility of the Taliban. That was our fault because we, we were supposed to be responsible enough to to ensure security around there. And of course, uh, it's now ISIS that have claimed responsibility for that. I'm I actually am more interested in knowing are the two groups working together? Supposedly they have rivalry and everything, but do they really? Um, are they of a different sect of religion? I guess would be the the question that that would be the defining point. But the 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 thing about it is, even if they are different uh, sects of their same religion, that you know, Shiite versus Sunni doesn't matter. It, they Shiite and Sunni will both uh, unite against one enemy and stop killing each other for a moment to unite against one enemy and then go back to killing one another again. Right, but you've also got different tribes within Afghanistan itself. You've also got different yeah. sects and different groups in there. And and they don't get along either. I mean, that goes back thousands of years. There is there is there is guy A who is just outside of Kabul who has a cousin that's three valleys over who runs a taco stand and I'm not being I'm not being condescending. I'm just, I'm just as an example. He runs a taco stand. He hates his cousin because he's part of another tribe or something. And so he'll send a bomber after him. And then they'll sit there and they'll go to war for 20 years. And both of these tribes will be at war because one guy hates his cousin who's two valleys over that runs a different tribe. This is breaking. More explosions are now in. They're reporting a fourth, fifth and sixth have just gone off at the airport. And the I feel like death, this is the death toll sorry, is now. No, you're fine. The death toll is now up to 50. Not ours. You know, not not our not our Marines. We're still waiting on that because the last number there that was confirmed was 12. 50 have died now. 50 have now been confirmed dead and at least 210 injured. That's starting to get a little bit closer to the numbers that we were seeing in those videos. Just a little bit. Uh, I still think there's more than that because you had bodies stacked on top of each other laying there. They were just it was a horrible mess. Go, go ahead. I'm sorry. You're you're saying. Uh, well, first of all, even if they give us a number on how many were killed, uh, Marines uh, or <laughs> any any of our people, I I don't believe they would tell us the truth anyway. I mean, what reason do we have to believe them? Unfortunately, uh, th that that's that's the state I am in when it comes to government things. Um, but as far as the bombings, going back to that, I feel like this was a desired effect from the Taliban. I, I think this was something they, that our our administration uh, failed to see coming. I mean, every, every average American that has paid half attention to what's been going on in the Middle East knows that IEDs are the, the number one threat for our soldiers over there. Why would we have not thought that was going to happen at the airport? Why didn't we have other exfil locations? Why are we dealing with this in the first place, unless it was done intentionally? That's the only thing I can surmise. Why are we not doing this in an orderly fashion? I don't care how 
inept this guy is. I, I don't care how inept he is. You have got military people around there, though they are in with this this woke nonsense, okay? Like, I'm talking about like Millie and, and Austin and the rest of these idiots, okay? They're in with that. They are still military officers. The people that are under them know how to do a strategic withdrawal. I understand that the president of the United States is the commander in chief, but not so fast. Not so fast. The president of the United States, we, we've had kind of a misnomer about that. Constitutionally, I've heard Ron, I've heard Dr. Ron Paul talk about this on a number of occasions, and nobody has been a bigger champion of the Constitution of the United States and stuck to it for 30 years on the Hill like Ron Paul. And now his son Rand is taking the reins on that. The president of the United States is only the commander in chief when we are at war and the Congress has declared it. The Congress didn't actually declare war in Afghanistan, did they? So you still have people that are in the military that understand how you do a withdrawal. This was not done in a manner that fits any known logic. Hell, we're not military officers and we know how to do a withdrawal. This is common sense. If these people in the State Department, in the Pentagon, in the White House and all the rest of this, if these people at the executive level are that inept, then they all need to be handing in resignations last week. All of them. If they're that inept. And that goes for all the people at the DOD, too. Where's the exfils, as Bruce just said, where's the exfils for our contractors? Where are those? You had some that got to their exfil points that got out. What about the ones that haven't? The State Department's telling them to kick rocks. CENTCOM has just put out the following uh, statement. We are saddened by the death of our military, but we will not stop the evacuation. Uh, we expect new attacks from ISIS. And now there's gunfire being, held, or being heard all around Kabul. Again, I ask, how is this not done on purpose? You have now jump-started everything in that region. Again, do you know that the Taliban is now in control of more Black Hawk helicopters, U.S. Black Hawk helicopters, than over 85% of countries in the world? You're trying to tell me that this was just a simple stumbling, just a simple mistake? You leave 16,000 pairs of night vision goggles on the ground? You leave biometric ID systems on the ground, portable biometric ID systems. Now, this was not done on accident. This is not a blunder. This was done on purpose. Now, people can have their own opinions. I'm just looking at it from common sense. What would you think? The Taliban, according to this is out of the Daily Wire, the Taliban is now blocking Westerners from the Kabul airport. And now the private rescue flights are facing more obstacles. Uh, Bruce, I know you said the other day that you were paying attention to someone that was running private rescue flights out of there. And uh, you said that they were having issues there as well. But now this is going to cause an even further hindrance. The Taliban are now preventing Westerners from getting to the Kabul airport. That's according to reports on Wednesday morning, expanding their airport blockade. But see, I thought the Americans were responsible for the security around the airport. I, I thought... I thought we had an agreement with the Taliban to get our people out. Oh, no, we're not going to hinder Westerners at all. We're going to let them walk right through, but we're not going to allow Afghans to leave. Isn't that what they said on several occasions? We're going to stick to the August 31st deadline. Yeah. Not only are they stopping Westerners, uh, they're stopping Christians. They're stopping um, anyone that aided the Americans altogether um, because, you know, uh, in the in the paperwork, that we had the Afghanis uh, fill out that helped us and uh, we're, we're going to get immigra uh, immigration status here in the U.S. Um, we, we had them fill out all the information such as their religion, um, you know, their their residency, you know, all the all the usual information. Right. Uh huh. Uh, yeah. 
it just so happened that uh, when we left, we didn't purge all that data. And now the Taliban have accessed all of that. And conveniently, some of that data was also biometrics of each of those individuals. So if they come across any of those individuals on the on the uh, their little checkpoints, they can um, execute them right there. That's the um, skillful uh, pullout that our administration has um, brought forth. My question now is, was your intent to get a bunch of Christians and Americans killed? Was that was that your goal? I mean, because that's what it certainly looks like. I also think it's an opportunity for them to create this hostage situation because let's be honest, don't you think if there were hostages, they've already got them? What's to stop them? I mean, they they have potentially thousands of hostages now. Mm-hmm. Unless they can somehow or another get across the border into say, for example, like Pakistan or something. But uh, well, you're going to run into a little bit of a problem over there. If you can get over to uh, maybe Uzbekistan, if you can cross the border there. I mean, we've got bases in Uzbekistan. Uh, that might be your best bet. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. But you can't go anywhere State else. Department you can't cross into Iran, obviously. You can't cross into Tajikistan. It's just not possible. You can, obviously, you're State not going to go to China. not allowing that. They're, they're not. You, you can't do that. The they're State not Department doing anything. Not allowing. They're not doing anything. No, they're, they're canceling the State, all their stuff. They're, they're not even going to go out and address the public. No, no, no. The, the State Department's barring anyone from going over the border of Afghanistan. You're not allowed. What? Yeah. You're not allowed to go across the border of Afghanistan. There's no border. So if you want to escape Afghanistan, you can't use the border. According to the State Department, you have to use the airport. Okay, uh, all right. You have to use the airport, but at the same time, they're telling people don't go to the airport. Yeah. The the British said this morning. The UK came out. Boris Johnson said this morning, no, don't go to the airport. What are you supposed to do? It's not just the Americans that are doing this. The British are doing this too. I mean, the only other option is to go across the the border. Um, and your options there are limited. Again, like yeah, it, crossing crossing Afghanistan is not like crossing uh, downtown LA. Okay. It's not like doing that. Afghanistan is the size of Texas. It's very large and it's very rough terrain. So it's not like, okay, well, I'm going to try Iran. If I don't get uh, anywhere with Iran, I'm going to go over here to Pakistan. That's going to take you a minute to get there. And it's not like if you if you try Iran, okay, well, then I'm going to try Uzbekistan. You got to go the opposite direction on the other side of the country. It's like walking across the state of Texas. You think you're not going to get caught? Apparently, the White House is in chaos trying to keep Biden on time. Every time they announce that he's going to give a speech, he's never on time. He's always 20 minutes late, 45 minutes late, an hour and a half, whatever it is. Whenever they feel like they can get him jacked up and give him enough, I don't know, adrenaline shots or, or whatever to get him up there, that's when he goes out and he makes a speech. And he takes no questions except for maybe a scripted one, and then he leaves. And it gets worse than that. I guess when I said an hour and a half, maybe that was being a little bit uh, generous. Biden's remarks on Tuesday from the White House were delayed more than four hours after being rescheduled twice. Four hours. He was supposed to have a briefing this morning with Neftali Bennett and German Chancellor Angela Merkel. That got canceled. He wasn't able to make it. And apparently the knives are out at 1600. Everyone's blaming each other. It's chaos in there. That's the inside scoop anyway. Would you believe that the administration, they're trying to get praise from the media for the uh, the Afghanistan evacuation? How on earth can you spend that? How can you spend that? How can you get praise from the mainstream media on, oh, well done getting us out of Afghanistan? How can you get praise for that with this mess over there? How's that possible? How can you even spend that? I'm, I'm out of loss for spending that one. Jeez, you... you... I don't know. The only thing I can come up with is being sarcastic. Well done paying terrorists off um, and see how well that did. You know, I mean, good job getting our people out. Uh, you got 12 of them out that we know of. I mean, 
The Biden administration is attempting to get media outlets to praise its Afghanistan evacuation. You could not make this up. Th this situation has been an absolute disaster of epic proportions. By any stretch, by any measure, it is a disaster. However, I believe that it was a well-engineered and well-orchestrated disaster. I'll put it that way. Politico reported that within the past week, the Biden administration went from dodging questions and avoiding the topic of Afghanistan to expecting praises for it. Now, Politico, for those that don't know, Politico was bought out this morning. That's going to be interesting to see because Politico is far left. They're a far left organization, but they were bought out by a very conservative German media outlet this morning. So I can see some big changes coming to Politico in the coming days. So we're going to see how that goes. But take Politico for what you will now. But I, I, I fully expect to see purges incoming at Politico. And you're going to start seeing resignations and people are going to start going to be CNN correspondents and everything else. Or they'll go to be fact checkers at Facebook or, or something like that. Uh, or they'll go work for Snopes with, you know, the two people in their 15 cats or whatever. Top Biden officials and administration allies have begun aggressively touting the success of their evacuation efforts in the war torn country, offering frequent updates on the number of evacuees. Yes, but you're talking about the number of people that have been evacuated, not Americans. There's a big difference here. If you're to look at 100% of the people that have been evacuated thus far from Afghanistan, I'll bet less than 10% of them are actually Americans. As a matter of fact, we saw a report the other day, less than 5% have actually been Americans. They framed the operation as historic. Yeah, see, Bruce, it's always historic. Everything that this administration does, it's historic. In this case, it actually is. It is historic. In line with the Berlin airlift, they declared that they're overperforming their own metrics. By whose metrics are you measuring? Who came up with those metrics? And trumpeted the president as, quote, defying expectations. Does this sound like something out of the Beijing Politburo? That's what that sounds like. You're defying expectations. You're defying and you're overperforming your own metrics. That sounds like something straight out of the Communist Party playbook. It's a startling 180 from the defensive crouch Biden and his team occupied just a few days ago. One that reflects the sense of combativeness that has emerged in the West Wing as they sort through the first major sustained crisis of the administration. This is the first one. I'd imagine I, I'd venture to say the entire administration has been a sustained crisis. November 3rd is a sustained crisis. The January 6th debacle, and I'm not talking about the people that went into the Capitol. I'm talking about this ridiculous, ridiculous, treasonous January 6th committee that they have put together that they're now subpoenaing people's phone records to find out what the campaign strategy was for Donald Trump. What in the hell has that got to do with January 6th? And while it sparked accusations that the president's team is trying to divert attention away from a crisis of its own creation, Biden's defenders stress that, at least for now, he deserves to crow. On Tuesday, the White House press secretary, Jen Psaki, she called the evacuation a success during the press briefing. A success. Lady, if this is what you call a success, what in the hell do you call a failure? Again, if it's a success, then your intentions of stranding American citizens stranding immigrants, the, the, the people that we told, we gave them their, uh, our word that you could come to our country if you help us. It, you, would ha you would be free from the, the tyranny Fair. of that. Uh, Fair. You know. But we, we need to do it like we talked about. You need to take them, keep them in region, take them to, to allied countries where we have bases, vet them there. And then once they're vetted there, bring them to the U.S. Fair. We made These that ones deal. Are already these ones have already been vetted. They already have the paperwork. They're already supposed to be on a plane over here. If this is the, the uh, a success, then that means 
this was all intended. You intended to have people stuck there. You intended for those soldiers to, to die. You intended for those bombings to happen. If this was a success. You know, I'm actually glad you brought that up because I've got something on that right out of American military news on that. Uh, suspected ISIS and Taliban. I know this will shock you. They've been found among the Afghan evacuees, according to reports. I know that that shocks you, doesn't it? No. No, not one bit. <laughs> not, not one bit. Uh, some of these people, some of these people that they've brought in because they're bringing them here uh, to, to Ramstein. But they found that the ones that they're bringing in here, some of them have been put on no fly lists. They, they've been they've been deported already from not just America, but from European countries. Yeah. So there was a bit of a problem. Uh, so the organization I've been watching uh, that uh, is trying to get people out. Um, one of the things that they have, you know, when, when they're they're uh, flying people out, uh, it's usually a mother and a father and multiple kids that are getting out together or, you know, mother and kids and whatnot. It, it's not ever a single adult, you know, without kids. Uh, these flights that were coming out, you know, the, the, the flights that we were bringing people out, um, it was just... Uh, males of uh, younger age, military age, uh, no kids, you know, no wife, uh, none of that. And um, we, we just happened to get them out without vetting them. So are we surprised at all? Nah. Some of the people that have been evacuated from Afghanistan in the past week have been flagged for potential ties to the Taliban as well as the Islamic State terrorist group ISIS. A U.S. official told Defense One on Tuesday that security screeners at our air bases in Qatar have determined that at least one of the Afghans who was evacuated from the Harmaid Karzai International Airport, which is the airport in question here, uh, in Kabul, has potential ties to ISIS. The official also said that up to 100 of the 7,000 Afghan applicants of the special immigration, so the CIV program, uh, special immigration visas, uh, have been flagged as potential matches on Western intelligence agency watch lists. Well, see, that's okay because the ones that we have on a watch list here, well, we just let them do whatever they want. They go out and they they uh, they put a nail bomb in a uh, in a teen club and and kill a whole bunch of uh, kids, and that's okay. But they were on a terror watch list. We just leave them there. We we just watch them. We don't actually do anything. We don't we don't preemptively move on them. No, we don't do that. All these European countries, Europol and, and you know, whatever they use as a you know a central hub for all their information, they don't actually go after these groups preemptively. Occasionally, you'll see something about it. German authorities kick in a uh, an Islamic terrorist group or whatever, or uh, French authorities raid whatever. You know, fine, but they don't actually proactively go after these groups before they do something stupid. And you have to ask yourself yeah, why. That is a difficult. It's a legitimately a difficult situation because. When you go after the group, you have to have something on them that they've done illegally to go after them in the first place. Uh, so if you're just watching them because you suspect they're a terrorist, you can't I do anything legally I, if you want to retain freedoms and liberty. I, I agree with you, but uh, let's be honest here. We're in the era of COVID. They don't really give too much of a damn about stomping on all of our rights, do they? No. No. No, they don't. So what excludes our rights versus someone else at this point? Because- we're all in this together, right? Apparently, we're more dangerous. Those of us that are uh, asymptomatic carriers, we're more dangerous than a suicide bomber, apparently, because we can kill grandma. Reuters, a journalist from uh, from Reuters, uh, and I know I I rag on Reuters all the time, but uh, you know because AP, but uh, no one deserves this. I, I don't care how much propaganda you put out. 
No one deserves this. Reuters photojournalist was left behind enemy lines and killed and mutilated by the Taliban. No one deserves that. An award-winning Reuters photojournalist working in Afghanistan covering the Taliban taking over the country has reportedly been killed and mutilated by Taliban fighters. Siddiqui was killed during the Taliban's takeover in uh, of Spin Baldak in southern Afghanistan. You see what they do to people that even cover them in the media? I saw video. I saw video of this. Afghanistan citizen, Afghani citizen, was a comedian, told jokes. That's all he did. He was a stand-up comic. Was captured by the Taliban. They had him in the back of a truck. One of the people sitting across from him, one of the Taliban fighters sitting across from him, was videoing the whole thing on his phone. The guy was telling jokes. One of the Taliban fighters, the guy's telling jokes while while he's handcuffed. One of the Taliban fighters next to him is laughing at his joke. The one that was in charge turned around, smacked the guy that was laughing at him, and then they killed the stand-up comic. It is believed that Siddiqui was injured by rocket shrapnel and subsequently left behind by the retreating Afghan army uh, he was embedded in before falling into the hands of the Taliban. Siddiqui had reported uh, had reportedly asked to be sent to Afghanistan, telling his bosses, if I don't go, who will? You know, I almost want to say that's kind of like... Um, It's kind of like us sitting up here doing this, although not to this extent. Like I said, no one deserves this. But I've told people time and again, I don't want to sit here and do this. I don't want to do this. They're kicking people's doors in for people doing less than what we're doing now. I don't want to sit here and do this, but who else is going to do it? Are you going to do it? Is the guy down the street going to do it? Is the business owner who is putting in vaccine passports, who is a spineless loser who won't stand up for themselves, won't stand up for their customers, won't stand up for their countrymen, is that person going to do it? I'm sitting here doing this because I want children now to live in peace. That's why I'm doing it. This poor journalist arrived at Kandahar Afghan Special Air Force Base on July 11th and was embedded in a unit of several hundred elite commandos. Oh, yeah, they turned out to be real elite, didn't they? That were attempting to flush out Taliban fighters that were capturing territories. Is that before or after they hopped into our one of 75,000 Humvees that we left there and drove them across the uh, border into Iran? Elite commandos. Two days later, Sadiqi was in a convoy returning from a mission to rescue a sur- uh, to rescue a surrounded policeman when the convoy was attacked with rocket-propelled grenades. Sadiqi captured the moment on video when an RPG struck the Humvee he was traveling in. The attack destroyed three other vehicles in the convoy. On July 16th, Sadiqi was photographing an Afghan offensive in Spain uh, in Spin Baldak when he was caught in the crossfire. It is believed he was injured by shrapnel from the rocket during that offensive attack. Sadiqi was rushed to a local mosque for treatment. Major General Haibatullah Alazai, the commander of the Afghani Special Operations Corps, said that his soldiers withdrew from Spinbaldak. I thought they were elite commandos. The retreating troops left behind Sadiqi and the two commandos accompanying him. God only knows what happened to them. Mistakenly thinking that they had joined the retreating convoy, they were left there. Based on the photograph shared online, Afghan security officials and Indian government representatives told Reuters that it appears that Siddiqui's body was mutilated after his death. Real tolerant people. Philip Boyce of Forensic Equity, a British ballistics expert consulted by Reuters, compared the photographs to pictures of x-rays of Siddiqui's body after being recovered from the Taliban. Boyce concluded it was evidence it was evident that he was shot multiple further times after he was killed. Now, the Taliban spokesman, who was also the same spokesman, you know, the, the one that's over the information, uh, he's he's also the one that said that, well, the U.S. is responsible for the security around the airport. So really, it's their fault, if you think about it. This guy, Zabihullah 
Mujahid said that the post-mortem injuries occurred before Taliban fighters found his body. Oh, see, that was already done to him. See, he's he's cleared all that up. That was already done to him before the Taliban even got there. See, they were there to try and liberate him, right? They were, they were there to try and, and rescue him, I'm sure. As a result of Siddiqui's death, some Reuters journalists are questioning the decision to allow Siddiqui to stay in Afghanistan, you think? According to the Daily Mail, members of the newsroom familiar with the decision making say Siddiqui's embed with soldiers in Afghanistan was backed by senior photo editors, vetted by external advisors and newsroom managers who handle security, and reviewed by a group of top editors who regularly meet to consider potentially dangerous assignments. Do you think being embedded in a unit in Afghanistan is a potentially dangerous assignment? One would think so. Reuters editor-in-chief Alessandra Galani said in a written statement that she had agreed to Siddiqui's embedment uh, in bed with the Afghan Special Forces. As editor-in-chief, I take full responsibility for the decision. At least somebody is. But like I said, no one deserves that. No one. I don't care how big of a propagandist you are. I don't care what useless rag you write for. No one deserves that. And you see the kind of people that we are dealing with. That right there. And make no mistake, I I'm not sitting here playing into the hands of our tribe versus that tribe or anything like that, because that right there is what the elites want you to do. They want you to get mad at the people that are blowing up bombs, killing our people. When in reality, they are the ones that have created this situation. Now, again, like I said, we're dealing with a very sophisticated group of people over there, right? The Taliban have warned women to stay indoors. I thought that women's rights were to be respected. That is what they said, right? Women's rights to be respected under the Sharia. I mean, under, under the, the Sharia, Sharia. Yeah. Yeah. Un under the Sharia. Of course, under Sharia law, women have no rights. Uh, actually, that, that's not true. Women have the ability to do everything they want to do. They can do anything they want to do. That's only in the household, though, right? I don't even think they're allowed to do that in the household. No? That, that's a little more freedom than it's whatever they're allowed to do by whoever the, the male of the house is. Uh-huh. Okay. Well, anyway, the Taliban spokesman, again, who, you know, the same guy, says that um, their fighters are not trained to respect women. Uh, you don't need to be trained to respect women. You just do it. It's not something you, you're trained to do. As a soldier, you're not trained to do that. You're trained to do that as a child. In, in, a, in our culture, yeah, true. Yeah. This is true. See, this is why nation building doesn't work. Again, the Taliban is warning employed women. Yeah, see, if you have a job, now that's a no-no. That that's over, right? Your your job is your job's finished. Uh, the Taliban is warning employed women in Afghanistan to stay indoors until it trains security forces on how to deal with women. You hear this? Our security forces, and I'm quoting the uh, the Taliban spokesman, the Z Zabihullah uh, uh, Mujahid, whatever his name is. Our security forces are not trained in how to deal with women, how to speak to women for some of them. Until we have full security in place, we ask women to stay home. Now, see, it's just for your safety, right? Just for your safety. Until they have full security in place, basically until they can get their jackbooted thugs out there in the streets to make sure that you don't ever come out of that home. He added that the guidance is a very temporary procedure and women will be allowed to return to work once a system is in place to protect their safety. You see, Bruce, again, they're they're ensuring women's rights, right? Women will have all the rights they need under the Sharia. Yeah, that, again, keyword under Sharia, where they have none, they stay home. Yeah. Again, this is not just a disaster of every proportions when it comes to military. That's bad in and of itself. This is this is not just a blunder when it comes to that. This is also a humanitarian crisis 
of epic proportion. They have condemned people to death. They have condemned people to slavery and indentured servitude. The raping, the killing, the mutilization that's going to happen, that's going to ensue from this. Oh, and you think, oh, well, the Chinese are going to go in there. They're going to stabilize everything. Have you seen how they treat their own people, the Chinese Communist Party? Do you have any idea what monsters we are dealing with? People just do not understand the magnitude of the people we're dealing with. And you can look at the politicians all day long. I'll key on this again. I will key on this until I'm blue in the face and I can't say it anymore. It is not the politicians. The politicians have been promised their ticket to Valhalla, if you will. They've been promised their little whatever. While we all get destroyed, they get to carry on because they've sold out their people. They're a good little whatever, you know, when in reality, they're so stupid, they're going to go down with it. Even if... Even if, and it's a big if, even if these scumbag elites somehow or another manage to pull a victory out, somehow, I don't know how they're going to do that yet. Even if they're able to do that, all the politicians that sold all of us out, they're going to be the first to go. So it's not them. It's not even the groups behind the politicians. And when I say the groups, I'm talking about the, the UN, the World Health Organization, the World Economic Forum. It's not even them. It's the banks. And embedded in the banks or something else, tax-exempt foundations. Now, I know we can sit here and we can go back and forth about churches and all the rest of it. I'm not talking about churches right now. I'm talking about Carnegie. I'm talking about Ford. I'm talking about Rockefeller. I'm talking about Rothschild. I'm talking about Gates. I'm talking about Soros Fund Management and Open Society. Those foundations. That's how they launder their money. And evade taxes. And evade taxes. We are going to have to go. For those of you not signed up to our Telegram page, get over there and get signed up to us. We do put out all of our podcasts we do here every day. We also put out an exclusive podcast once a week just for our Telegram subscribers. You know what? That's going to be a short one tomorrow because we need a break. Uh, I have, I've had a long week wound up with this stuff, and I, I'm just I'm so sick of it. But uh, we will be on it tomorrow, but it will be a short one. So be sure and get signed up to us over there and check that out. Uh, also, if you'd like to reach out to us, you can do so anytime by dropping us an email at dynamicpodcast at protonmail.com. And we would ask you to pass this along to friends, family, and known associates. We are trying to grow, but we do need your help in order to do that. So if you could pass this along, we'd appreciate that. We're available everywhere you get your podcasts. Also, if you're rating podcasts, if you give us a rating when you get a chance, we'd appreciate that as well. Five stars would be a plus. Thank you very much. All right, that's it for today and this week. Thanks for being here today, Bruce. Thank you to all the listeners. Everyone have a great weekend, and we will see you on Monday.